Hello, everyone. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show, and it's great to be with you. We got plenty to talk about today. <laughs> My God, we got misinformation. We got inflation. We got all kinds of stuff to go through, honestly. Stock market is hit, getting slammed. It's not good. GDP fell. It's not good. But we do have a power-packed show. We will talk to Senator Roger Marshall at the half hour, rising conservative star in the Senate from the great state of Kansas. I Look, I've got to begin. I mean, I just have to begin with this uh, Biden disinformation board. I mean, this is George Orwell, right? George Orwell. It's just too good to be truth. It's the Ministry of Truth. That's what Orwell called it. By the way, Orwell, who was talking about communism, himself was a liberal who, if you had anybody remembered, you're going to have to all listen to this. You'll Google up George Orwell because probably nobody remembers who he was, but he was a very famous author who wrote a very famous book. I think the book was written in the early 1980s. I think I could be wrong about that. But in any case, it was a book about communism and the evils of communism and the lack of free speech and how everybody had to conform to what everybody else wanted to do. And there was a there was a ministry of truth to keep the to keep everybody in line. So we learned this week that the Bidens have set up this thing. It's called the Disinformation Governance Board. And it sits in the Department of Homeland Security. And Alejandra Mayorkas Mallorca, uh, unveiled this in a couple of congressional hearings. And then it will be led by this Nina Jankowitz, uh, who is a real nut job. If you've seen on any of the newscasts or on Twitter or any place her her uh, tweets, of she was singing to Mary Poppins about this uh, misinformation, Mary Poppins. I mean, she's just a real nut job. Maybe more to the point, she herself has a history of spreading disinformation because in an earlier life, she um, took a strong position. The Hunter Biden laptop was just Russian disinformation. Uh, she strongly supported the charges of Russian collusion uh, and you know secret communications between the Trump campaign and Russia, all of which was, you know, utter nonsense, all this stuff from, uh, what is it, GPS fusion, the British ex-spy Christopher Steele. Anyway, to her, that was information. It turns out that was total disinformation. Uh, she said Hunter Biden laptop story was um, nonsense, right? It was just another Russian plant. Turns out that was true. So she doesn't know what she's doing. She's pretty dangerous in this job. But the point is, this is a kind of Soviet-style or Vladimir Putin-style attempt to suppress information sitting inside a very powerful agency, the Department of Homeland Security. We will have on the show later on, we will have the former secretary of DHS, my great friend Chad Wolf's going to talk about that. Madam Saki. My favorite press secretary said yesterday that the Trump administration had a similar misinformation board. That's just utter nonsense, a flat-out, bald-faced lie. Uh, 
John Radcliffe, <laughs> former director of national intelligence, on my Fox Business show, Cudlow, we had him on as a guest, and he asked me a great question. He said, do you suppose if Trump had a misinformation board, anybody would have said anything about that? Yeah, good point. They would have gone berserk. The left would have gone berserk. So there was no such thing in the Trump administration. But this thing is a Soviet-style effort to suppress information. Okay, that's what it is. Free speech crushing. And incidentally, I don't think it's a coincidence that this comes really right in the wake of Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, which is being done in Elon's own words to restore free speech and democracy. He calls himself a free speech absolutist. He is my hero. It's just, uh, I think, kind of a counter to that. That's what this uh, board of misinformation is. It may be a counter to that, or at least the timing of the announcement now, the thing had been a couple of months old, but nobody thought much about it. My Arcus says it almost offhandedly in congressional hearings this past week. And then it turns out this crazy woman, Nina Jankowitz, uh, surfaces as the executive director of it. Don't really know precisely what this is about. But, I mean, he, this is so interesting to me. My Arcus said, okay. Part of the misinformation he's concerned about would be some kind of cyber hacking by Russia. I'm okay with that. That's a traditional Department of Homeland Security issue, fighting cyber hacking by the Russians. Maybe, maybe misinformation about immigration, illegal immigrants coming up uh, through our southern border would be illegals coming across, you could argue that we might want to counter what um, the coyotes and the, um, and the narco-terrorists are telling people. But then you see the tip-off that it's really free speech suppressing, it's really a left-wing attempt to suppress conservative free speech. The tip-off is when Mallorca starts talking about how this... Uh, Misinformation Governance Board will talk about education and will talk about elections, right? Election. Now, election information, what does that mean? And what would the Department of Homeland Security be doing talking about elections? That's not their mandate. I mean, we have a Justice Department to deal with that. I, I, I know that the Biden Justice Department is on the wrong side of all the issues there. Education, really? Is this like parents are domestic terrorists because they came to school board meetings and they objected to their kids being taught about racism? All white people are bad? Or gender? Or transgender? Or sex education for five-year-olds? Didn't we just go through this last fall in the election when Virginia candidate Glenn Youngkin won for governor really on the strength of defending the parental role in education? Now this misinformation board is going to get involved in that? This sounds like suppressing, stopping conservative point of view. I mean, I think that's exactly what this is all about.
And it is way, way, way beyond anything anybody imagined. And it's certainly not the role of the Department of Homeland Security. So here are the Bidens trying to stifle free speech. And in particular, I think you got the Bidens trying to stifle conservative free speech. Isn't that the story? I mean, isn't that really the story? We're really talking speech police. Speech police, Soviet style, Putin style. Curb free speech. Curb the First Amendment. And this is a, one of the worst things we've seen. This is a major political blunder. I mean, I don't think it will ever happen. I, I mean, I think that people are going to go after this so badly, so hard. It's unconstitutional. It will be defunded. I mean, they put it, it's interesting, they put this thing inside the office of the secretary, all right, which means it's, you know, part of Mayorkas staff. That's a totally political operation, obviously. That's much different than cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency that, that Trump uh, maintained, which is a traditional DHS. And um, there'll be no congressional oversight in the secretary's office. But, of course, there will be. I mean, you've got people howling about this and this crazy woman, uh, you know, and her her Facebook or whatever it was, YouTube, I don't know what it was, talking about misinformation to the tune of Mary Poppins. I mean, she's just a really nut job. But look, at, I want to uh, link this to this kind of attempts at government control of free speech, okay? This is kind of like the near cousin to what Mr. Biden's woke economic policies. I mean, in both cases, this is the government seeking to control. In one case, to control speech. In another case, to control the economy. Big government, socialism. Statist, central planning. A regulatory state. That's what they've tried to do war against fossil fuels. I mean, the Bidens want to take over the energy sector with the Green New Deal. The Bidens want the state to run all health care. They want the state to run banking and finance. Lately, there's a terrible bill. We'll talk about this with Senator Marshall in a few moments uh, to start to take over the um, technology and uh, chip sector, the semiconductor sector. This is just completely alien to the American tradition. And I do think it's a response to the dramatic moves by Elon Musk to open up free speech to social media by buying out Twitter. I mean, I really think this is clearly a response. These guys want to control your free speech and they want to control the economy. They don't believe in the freedom to speak or the freedom to worship or the freedom of parents. They don't believe in the freedom of opportunity. They don't believe in the freedom to succeed. They don't believe in free market entrepreneurial capitalism. It's really ultra far left stuff. Ultra far left stuff. Way outside any American tradition. We've never seen anything like this. The Ministry of Truth. Stalin had a Ministry of Truth. Hitler had a ministry of truth. Am I comparing Biden to Stalin and Hitler? No, not specifically, but I'm saying to you, 
in general terms, this is the same approach and attempts to control speech, which is the very heart of democracy and freedom. It's the very heart of the American tradition, and everyone is in uproar about this. It's another major political blunder by the Bidens, who are going down to defeat. The only good thing that I can say about that is folks should take heart, try to keep your chin up, the cavalry is coming. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to take a quick break on the side of the break. We're going to talk a little bit about inflation and the stock market. None of that's doing very well either. The Ministry of Truth, folks, we're going to crush it and reject it and throw it out. And we're going to throw Biden out, too. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Please join us during the week. On Fox Business Network, the name of the show is Cudlow. It's 4 to 5 p.m. every single day. And if for some reason you can't see us from 4 to 5, dial up your favorite nine-year-old who will show you how to DVR the show. I think you'll enjoy it. Besides this misinformation board, we had a lot of economic news this week. Uh, the GDP fell 1.4%. That was a bit of a surprise stock market got clobbered this week. Stocks are having a tough time, but right now, year to date, year to date, I'm just going through my stock sheet. Stocks fell 939 points on the Dow Jones. Year to date, the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ is off 21%. The S&P is off 13%. Uh, the GDP was a bad number. The biggest issue, let me just sort of summarize briefly. We will come back to this later in the show uh, with uh, former CEA chair uh, Tomas Philipson. But the big issue here, the big story here, is the continuing high inflation rate, which is coming in at 8% for the broadest measures, the very broadest measures. And that's a problem, folks. The Fed's target for inflation is 2 The actual inflation rate is 8 And... This high inflation rate, which is covering everything, all right, food, energy, services, goods, you name it, everything, prices are skyrocketing across the board, gasoline and so forth. Um, this is cutting into worker wages. You know, wages have done well. The labor market is fairly tight, but even a 6% increase in wages, which is historically quite high, is eaten up by an 8% inflation rate. I mean, actually, you go back to the stock market. So let's say the S&P 500 is off 13% year to date. Well, you got to put that, that's a nominal number. You got to put that adjusted for inflation in real terms. That means it's actually down by 21%. So you got yourself a bear market on inflation adjusted basis. It's the same story with worker wages. They're doing well. The workforce is productive. But unfortunately, they're losing 2% net of inflation. And that is going to be a continuing problem. And the Federal Reserve will have its meeting this coming week. And we'll see how aggressive they're going to be in fighting inflation. I mean, look, they got to raise their target rate, which is presently a quarter of a percent, 25 basis points. 
they got to raise their target rate. They There's talk about 50 basis points hike, 75 basis points hike. It's not likely that we're going to curb inflation, which is singularly a monetary problem. I mean, there's too much government spending, too much deficit finance, too much borrowing, and too much money printing. In fact, the more the government spends, the more pressure it puts on the central bank to print money to finance the spending through borrowing. Now, that's not stopped. We're still spending like drunken sailors. And there's a huge bill, a so-called China Compete Bill, that would spend another $300 billion. But my point is, the Fed's target interest rate, called the federal funds rate, okay, stay with me, that thing's got to be higher than the inflation rate. So right now, if inflation were 8%, which it is, they really need a 9 or 10 or 11% Fed funds rate. That's how Paul Volcker slayed inflation 40 years ago. We're nowhere near that. And the Fed has got to stop printing money. Their so-called balance sheet, quantitative easing, has to turn into quantitative tightening. The money supply is slowing slightly, but it's still running around 10%. They got to cut that back. They're going to have to take seriously draconian measures. Right now, we're in a stagflation position. What does that mean? It means the inflation rate is above the economy's growth rate. So when you look at these numbers, growth minus 1.4, that's a little quirky number, but actually the underlying growth of the economy is about 2 to 3% right now, but the inflation rate is 8 so that's a bad position for us to be in. And I've said on, on the Fox Business Show that we could be on the front end of a recession. We will go through and, you know, first we have stagflation, and then next year that could lead to a recession as the Fed takes the punch bowl away. We're not there yet. We're not in a recession yet. There's some strength in the economy, particularly business the Trump tax cuts have spurred some pretty good business investment and business equipment spending. But I just want to make the point that coming out of all these numbers this week was a high inflation rate, which means the Fed is going to have to be tougher, which is one reason why stocks have been hemorrhaging. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we will talk to Senator Roger Marshall of the great state of Kansas, one of the Senate's leading conservative voices I'm Larry Kudlow, folks. Please stay right here.